the Moms on Maternity YouTube show. I'm Amy Cruz. Today we have Dr. Spencer Richland on with us. He is a reproductive physician helping women with uh, fertility, primary and secondary fertility issues. Thank you, Dr. Spencer Richland, for coming on. Thank you so much, Amy, for having me. I really appreciate it. So when did you know you wanted to go into reproductive health? Oh, such an interesting question. You know, when I was an OBGYN physician, as a second year resident, um, you know, I loved OB, I loved helping women, I loved uh, delivering babies and, and all these cool things. But guess what happened? There was a moment when I went to a lecture. The lecture was, again, when I was a second year resident and the person at the lecture showed an embryo on day three of life being biopsied. And I was like, what is this? And so that back then, that was the beginning when in vitro fertilization was able to take one cell out of eight and find out if that embryo was going to be a good embryo before embryo transfer. And I was sitting in the audience and that was it. My life went from obviously being an OBGYN, now I'm a reproductive endocrine person. So the technology, and, and when I saw that, I was in love. What is an embryo? So how we look at it is an embryo when we do IVF, for example, or let's go back a step, when the egg is released from the ovary around mid-cycle, day 14 in a regular cycle, the egg has to be a good egg, 23 chromosomes, get picked up by the fallopian tube and go into the fallopian tube. Now, if couples are trying intercourse, they'll have intercourse day 12, 14, 16, egg and sperm will meet in the tube. Now, egg and sperm meet, 23 plus 23 chromosomes start dividing, and then the embryo moves through the tube and into the uterine cavity to implant as what's called a blastocyst. So an embryo is, let's say, a four-cell, eight-cell embryo, like day two or three of life. It's incredible. Wow. So what does that mean for reproductive health? So reproductive health we want our patients to be as healthy as they can be before they attempt pregnancy because we can influence that somewhat. Um, you know, good prenatal vitamins, have your vaccines, be healthy, eating healthy, no smoking, no drinking, and try to get the best embryo into the uterus to implant for a, possibly a great healthy pregnancy. How do you define best embryo? What makes a good, like an embryo the best embryo? So what's really exciting in, in our field and in all reproduction is if an embryo implants in the uterus and it's 46 chromosomes, that pregnancy is likely to go all the way. What's really interesting is, and unfortunate, is that about 20% of the time people get pregnant and guess what? They don't go all the way because they have a pregnancy loss. And that's because usually that embryo was not 23 sperm, 23 egg, and 46 chromosomes, but it was missing one or had one too many. So a healthy embryo is like 46 chromosomes, and that embryo is likely to go all the way and make a, a great pregnancy. Okay, so how do you help people ensure that they are getting that best chance for a full-term pregnancy? So it's interesting. You know, when, when you say that to me, I think, okay, so we have pre-pregnancy. So that's a time when a lot of our patients are coming in, hey, I'm trying to get pregnant, I'm having issues, I'm having difficulties, and we start like we start learning about them. So pre-pregnancy, again, prenatal vitamins, vaccine, mm -hmm. are you healthy? Um, have you had your COVID vaccine? Um, have you done your carrier screening? Kind of all those kind of cool issues. And then 
a lot of times we help our patients with timing. Are they timing their pregnancy all right? You know, if you have a 28-day cycle, are you having relations mid-cycle, day 12, 14, 16? And then there's a lot of time our patients have done all the pre-pregnancy, they've been trying on their own and they're not getting pregnant. That's when everyone's really what, what is that? What is a reason for that? Why would someone who's following the general, you know, 12, 14, 16 day mid-cycle, everything, you know, what would be a reason that it's not happening? So what's interesting, first off, is that I tell my patients, hey, listen, 85% of pregnant patients will be pregnant in a year, and your chance of pregnancy is about 20, 25% a month. So it's not, we're not great reproducers. So that's step one. The, uh, the things that can be involved, which are really important, are, you know what, do we have a good sperm source? Is our partner having good sperm production? So we think about semen analyses. We also think about you know, how is your uterus? That's that organ where your pregnancy is going to implant. Are the fallopian tubes open? Is the uterine cavity clean to implant a good pregnancy? We think about also age. That's a big issue because men are making sperm every 74 days. Brand new women are born. With all every the how many days? Sorry, what'd you say? Every 74 days. 74? Yeah, I know. I know you were going to say that. It's just nuts, but it's like every three months, new sperm. But our ladies, our women, guess what? They're born with 6 million eggs. Wow. Excuse me, they're in their moms, they have 6 million eggs. They're born with 2 million and with time, they don't wanna behave. So we also get caught with age, not allowing our patients to get pregnant. What's the oldest you uh, recommend someone have a baby at? Is there a rule of thumb? There's not really a rule of thumb. You know, if you, if, if you get pregnant and it's a good pregnancy, you're just fine. You don't wanna get pregnant and have other medical conditions that can cause you to have a more complicated pregnancy like hypertension, diabetes. And then in the world of doing donor egg, when we get a donor eggs from a younger person with sperm and put those embryos into someone who's older, the American society will let people do that 54.9 and younger. Wait, hold on. So wait, you take a donor egg that's been fertilized by, is it is any sperm? Yeah, so we we have we have situations where our patients' eggs are not good, or they're not helping them become pregnant. And what they can do is is we can get them eggs from someone who's younger. It's a lot. It's, it's a big process, but it's it happens a lot. It's, this is one of the secrets in my field. So we get those eggs. We put egg and sperm together, donor sperm or their partner sperm, make embryos, and then put those embryos back into the uterus. Do you do much surrogate work? Um, is that the opposite problem, correct? Is that right? Yeah, so that's a problem sometimes with one of our patients' uteruses. So surrogacy is utilized when we're going to do in vitro and the embryo that, that is created is not put into them, but it put into someone else. That could be someone who, for example, I'll give an example, has a breast cancer and they're on some of their treatments, but they have embryos that they made before breast cancer, they can put that embryo into a surrogate and continue their breast cancer treatment and have a pregnancy. There's also situations where we have men-men couples who they use donor eggs, make embryos and put those into a surrogate. So it's we are one, we're actually one of the top surrogate centers in, in, in the United States. Really cool, cool area. Is that more common to have the embryo implanted in a surrogate or is it more uh, common to have the embryo implanted in, I guess, the actual mother? In the actual mother by far. That's called IVF, is that right? 
That's called IVF and okay. putting back the embryo via an embryo transfer into, like you said, the mom. When are people using IVF? So our, some of our patients are using IVF if they're not getting pregnant on their own or if they're doing treatments, let's say what we call superovulation, artificial insemination, they're not getting pregnant by picking up the egg in their tube and creating a pregnancy and having go into the uterine cavity. At that point, we'll do IVF. And what's so cool about IVF is it's really like three or four steps. We stimulate the ovaries, we get out eggs, we put egg and sperm together in the lab, we make embryos and we put the embryo right into the uterus through the cervix into the uterus to implant on the uterine wall. The reason why pregnancy rates are so incredible is let's think about it. You don't need egg pickup and we're putting the embryo right there. And guess what? A lot of times we're testing those embryos up front before we put them in to make sure they're 46 chromosomes. So we so have- So what's the rate of success from IVF? So if, if, if someone's doing IVF and they're testing embryos up front, we're doing what's called PGT, which is amazing. And we're putting in a known 46 euploid embryo. The chance of pregnancy can be around 70% per transfer really high. Okay. And if you think about it, if we're on our own about 20% a month, that's just such incredible ability. How long has this procedure been around? So it's interesting. IVF has been around since for the last more than 20 years. IVF won the Nobel prize in 2010. And uh, the person who had the first IVF cycle in America, Louise Brown has her own children. So it is not a secret. It 20 is, years? You said that's it? Oh, yeah. It's been around longer than 20 years. Oh, okay. It's just, it's just absolutely incredible. The first um, IVF cycle in our, in our United States was in Eastern Virginia. And how long ago? The, when did it, is this like a 100-year-old process or is this? In the, no, in the late 80s. So this, is, this, pro, this IVF ability, capability as a, as a medical practice started in the 80s. Yep, in the late 80s, and it's been evolving since. And what's so interesting is that the pregnancy rates from IVF have gotten so much better as the years have gone on. And what I've, I've just watched it in my career. You know, we started out with pregnancy rates in the 30s and 40s, and now we're getting closer to the 70s. It's because embryo testing, the great laboratories, the culture systems, it's amazing. It's so funny. I always used to tell, say a, a joke. You might not think it's funny, but you know, you go your whole life trying not to get pregnant. And then like the moment you want to get pregnant, you're like, wait, this is not like, it doesn't just happen. I, I want to, it's very interesting you say that if, if I'm going to, I'm going to add on to that when we're in school, we all were in school. We talked about all these things, basically in health class, it was about being respectful to others. Um, make sure you don't get STDs and boundaries among people and not to go past boundaries, but no one talked about the chance of getting pregnant and that a lady's reproductive potential goes down as they get older right. and we're get, and people are getting caught waiting too long to get pregnant. Any thinking around birth control and how it affects fertility? I mean, I, I know a lot of women get on birth control at a very young age now, right? Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. Birth control pill, birth control is, is actually fine, doesn't decrease pregnancy rates and actually may be protective for certain cancers. So birth control is absolutely fine. And once you stop birth control, you should be able to get pregnant basically right away after you stop. And it doesn't matter the type, if it's a type of birth control? No. Nope. No. Nope. No. Once that pill is out of you, you'll start cycling again if you were, if you have regular cycles and you're ready to become pregnant. So it's actually protective. 
Um, any, uh, so while you're pregnant, anything that, you know, you should be aware of, um, regard if it is anything different during your pregnancy, if it was conceived via intercourse versus IVF? No. So once you're pregnant, pregnancies are all the same. Mm -hmm. You just want to be healthy. You want to do your prenatal vitamins. You want to eat well. Uh, you want to be with a good obstetrician. Um, and everyone who's, who's pregnant, when you go to your obstetrician, they're going to do all the really interesting tests to make sure your pregnancy is good and follow you and follow your thyroid and different blood work and make sure your sugar levels are fine. So once you, patients leave our practice and they become pregnant, let's say at 10 weeks, they go to their obstetrician and they have a pregnancy that is just like anybody else's. So you uh, were, were an OBGYN. Are you still considered an OBGYN? Yeah, I'm an OBGYN. I'm board certified in OBGYN and reproductive endocrinology. But guess what? I don't deliver babies anymore. I'm actually not allowed to. Why? Um, and what I do in all the physicians in my practice who are all REIs, we specialize in helping people become pregnant. It's so neat. So I'm just, why, why are you not allowed to deliver babies anymore? Is that because you changed fields or is it just because? It's because we don't do it and also liability. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, if I wanted to go to a hospital and deliver a baby, they wouldn't let me okay. because I'm so specialized in what I do now. Did you have to go to back to medical school again to become a, it's a, what's the, the Reproductive term? endocrinologist. Mm -hmm. So what all of us have done was, is we did our medical school. We did our four years of OBGYN residency. Mm -hmm. And then all of us did three years of fellowship in reproductive endocrinology and fertility. And, uh, it's a lot of work, but it was so worth it. And we're, do, we're do, do your patients have to be local? Our patients are local. Our patients are also from the tri-state area and also through the whole United States. What's interesting, remember you brought up about surrogacy? Mm -hmm. So one of my partners, Dr. Lean Dears, he sees patients from all over the world. So the Zooming has opened up so much. So we talk to patients everywhere. How does someone know it's time to go see a reproductive endocrinologist? So this is what I would tell people. Number one, if you're above 35 and you've been trying six months, you should be seen. If you're under 35 and you've been trying a year, you should be seen. But on the other hand, if there's any reason why you think there could be an issue becoming pregnant or you just want to come in and get like a reproductive checkup, and find out how good your ovaries are, or if you want to simply freeze eggs, which is really popular, go to your reproductive endocrinologist. We'd love to see you, and we want you to be proactive as much as you can now and not wait. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. For more, please visit www.mamthematernity.com.